evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of The Stoop. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, as always, is my partner in crime, my bro. He is the shark, Jeff Perini. What's going on, brother? John, how you doing, buddy? I'm starting to like the Thursday thing. Thirsty Thursday, and tonight we got Bell's Special Double Cream Stout on the table. Good and to be here. How is that, man? Fantastic. It's a stout. It's a little thick, kind of dark. Uh, it's nice and cold, and that's what we need as the weather is improving immensely. Beautiful day today. Oh, man, it's gorgeous here in the Northeast. We uh, topped out at 81 degrees in Philadelphia today. Uh, it was absolutely beautiful, and unfortunately, it's going to start dropping as of tomorrow. I still feel like we're going to get hit with another snowstorm before this is all said and done. It's just, I don't know why, but I just feel it coming. And I'm worried. I think, I think next week would be perfect. I'm going to be supported for about five days, so uh, let it snow. Let I, it snow. I, I hope it <laughs> snows Thursday afternoon, and it pretty much shuts down <laughs> everything for about three days, man, because that's what you deserve for leaving us and going to the sunny shores of Florida. Well, uh, to the listeners, do not worry. I will be here Monday. I will be on live from Florida, maybe from the beach. If you're all lucky, I'll do it from the beach. And we'll be here Monday as well. It's going to be a fun time. Um, tonight, we're going to be joined by metal guitarist Xander Demos. He's going to jump on. We're going to talk a little bit about his latest album, Guitarcadia. We're going to talk a little bit about his music, about the kinds of guitars he plays. And we're going to play two of his tracks. One is an original, uh, Woodshed Sonata, and the other one is a cover of Don Henley's Boys of Summer, which I absolutely fell in love with. He also did a cover of... Krista Berg's Lady in Red, which I keep constantly playing as well. We may we may do three songs tonight. Who knows? But we're going to shoot for two. Um, Woodshed Sonata, Boys of Summer by Xander Demos off his, off his latest album, Guitarcadia. And uh, before we continue, we want to thank last week's guest. Uh, well, actually, this week, Monday, we were joined by uh, Nick Arcade's Phil Moore. And what a high-energy show that was, Jeff. No, oh, he is incredible. That guy just... The energy is like a he's got the energy of like a five year old kid bouncing all over the place. It's tremendous. Oh, it was great. What did he say? He was the ADD Ritalin Fillmore. <laughs> that and I loved right. his, uh, his 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 description of himself in the '90s on Nick Arcade as the Huxtable flat top wearing Fillmore. So Huxtable sweater wearing flat top Fillmore. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Cool guy, man. We can't wait to have him on. He's uh, working on a new video game show that's supposed to be picked up by a very high-profile streaming site. Um, hoping it's Netflix. It's called VG Rumble, Video Game Rumble, where they're going to pit people against each other in video games to basically to to basically square out their differences. Uh, you know what, man? If uh, Jeff and I were sitting here bickering on the stoop, we'd jump on VG Rumble and uh, probably play a little Call of Duty or a little Madden or little NBA 2K, who knows, man, see who wins, and, uh, you know, probably be me, because, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm the man, so. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly how it would play out. <laughs> <laughs> if we were drinking, People can't, Jeff would have drinking well, right now, but if we're playing some NBA 2K, I'd probably kick his ass, but, you never know. We shall see, you never know, we maybe, shall see, I'd like to get that chance, it feels uh, Maybe we'll play some Czech hockey. Oh, now you're talking, there you go. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. <laughs> All right, got a few points of discussion for tonight's show. Um, first, let's jump right into a little bit of sports, and let's talk about the National Football League. Free agency kicked off yesterday, and we've had some surprise signings. We've had a couple of trades. Your Philadelphia Eagles uh, made one of them. Um, 
let's uh, let's just talk about some of the best signings so far. Jeff, so far in the NFL free agency, what were some of you know, give me one or two of the best signings that you think so far. It doesn't have to be the Eagles. It could be any NFL team. What have been the best signings so far, you think? A um, couple of the best signings. Um, obviously, your Jets, I think, did a tremendous job in getting Matt Forte in there. Uh, I know he's 30, but uh, his ability to catch out of the backfield is, is outstanding. The guy's a tremendous athlete. and That's a big plus to a Jets team that was on the fringe last year of doing something really big. Uh, so I like that one. Uh, kind of a quiet signing that I think is outstanding given the offense and the scheme. The Saints went out and got Kobe Fleener uh, from Indianapolis and uh, a heavily tight end type offense. Drew Brees always likes a good tight end and Fleener could be a guy uh, who could surprise a lot of people and, and really up the slack and do big things there. I love that that sign. I think there was two of the big ones. Uh, of course, the Eagles getting um, the, the safety McLeod from uh, the Rams. I think that was excellent for them. Uh, again, a little lower key than last year with the big signing of Maxwell, who turned out to not work out. So uh, a couple of the big ones, a couple of three that I think are uh, solid picks, solid pickups. Yeah, there have been some uh, really good signings. Uh, one that, you know, is, is a is a huge, huge signing, but could possibly be – it could either be a boom or a bust, and that's the New York Giants picking up uh, defensive end Oliver Vernon from the Miami Dolphins. Five years, $85 million. And then you got Malik Jackson leaving the Super Bowl defending champions, the Denver Broncos going over to Jacksonville Jaguars, six years, 90 mil. Um, I, I, I like the Matt Forte signing from the Jets. I absolutely love the signing uh, for various different reasons. One is being the contract given to him, three years, $12 million. This Man. guy is not washed up. I know a lot of people are saying that he's washed up. He's not. Look at his numbers from last year, and he missed five games, and he's still – Total yards, 1289, seven touchdowns, three receiving. He still has it in him. The Jets have always lacked a good receiving back, and this is what Matt Forte brings to the table. They re-signed Bilal Powell. They brought in Kerry Robinson from New Orleans. Um, that's one of my, my favorite signings. I think another signing that could go really, really well. Uh, Houston Texans bringing in Brock Osweiler from the Denver Broncos and running back Lamar Miller. Uh, from the Miami Dolphins. That really shores them up and gives them a couple of new weapons. I also like the Tennessee Titans trade of DeMarco Murray coming from your Philadelphia Eagles, Jeff. I think it gives Marcus Mariota, um, you know, another weapon, as well as letting them be able to just throw and not worry about the run anymore. So it's 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 been a really good free agency. Um, there's some good names left on the table. Uh, Prince of Makamara from the Giants is yet to be signed. Andre Smith from the Bengals not signed. Reggie Nelson's not signed, uh, Kevin Beecham, Donald Penn, Casey Hayward, Robert Ayers from the Giants. He's a little up there, but, you know, he could still play a, a, you know, a couple of games here and there. The, the, the moron Greg Hardy from Dallas, he's still sitting there. Nick Fairley's sitting there. But I got to agree, man, I love the Colby Fleener signing for New Orleans. I think that gives them a really decent tight end, and I'm, and I'm really happy about that signing for them. really depends on – how good of a quarterback Drew Brees can still be. So let me ask you uh, this now. One of the worst signings that you've seen <laughs> so far. Um, worst signing. Uh, I got I got some worse. And I got a couple of shockers. Like you mentioned, Osweiler, I was stunned to see him let, they let him get away. Two that I'm very uh, concerned about, and I'll discuss them, the, the, uh, the Olivier Vernon one to the Giants. I think it's a lot of money for a guy who was not a standout defensive end, at least not of yet. Maybe he's got something that that 
still remains to be seen. Um, I think that's big. And the Jacksonville Jaguars confused me a lot. I know you like Chris Ivory, but it's a it's a confusing signing because they had uh, T.J. Yeldon come out and have a really good season last year, and he's still got a nice change of pace guy in uh, Darnell Robinson. Of course, they cut Toby, uh, Toby Gerhardt, but I think the Ivory thing confuses the situation a little bit. It's fine with me. It's fine with me as a Jets fan. I'm just glad the Jets didn't give him that money. Yeah, I'm really confused by that. So the Vernon one and the, the Chris Ivory one, have, um, I'm shaking my head. Uh, and here's one that it, I'm not going to say it's a bad one, but a lot of people that I talked to said that the Janorius uh, Jenkins signing was terrible by the Giants. I think it's a good signing. And I don't like it. I don't like it. Not not at the not at the money they gave him. I, I don't think he's that good of a cornerback. I, he was burned so many times last season. Um, takes a lot of gambles on the field. I, I really don't like him. Um, but who knows? Going to a new regime, you know, can he show some maturity and finally stick to the game plan? You never know. I mean, it, you know, that that right there is a typical boomer bust signing right there by the Giants. Five years, sixty-two million. That that's a lot of money. That's a lot, a lot of money. A lot of money for a 27-year-old quarterback. Um, one of the signings that I hate because it's a lot of money and it took him away from my New York Jets is the Giants giving five years, 46.25 mil to big snacks. Damon Harrison, man, did not want to see him leave my Jets. Um, it, it, it's, it's a lot of money um, for a guy who's, 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 who's a great run stuffer. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think he's worth that much money. Bruce Irvin leaving the Seahawks and going to the Raiders, uh, 29 years old, four years, 40 million. Uh, really dep- depends on the guaranteed money, but that's a huge boost for the Raiders, especially after getting uh, Kaliche Osamele from the uh, Ravens uh, in the guard spot as well. So, yeah, you know what? Vernon Jenkins, um, those are two of the biggest signings that I really got to look at and just scratch my head and say, huh? Also, Alex Mack going from the Browns to the Falcons, 30 years old. At the center spot, five years, forty-five mil, man. I, I don't, I don't understand these signings. I really don't at these years. There's so much, uh, there's so much bonus shoved into all that too, and it's a lot of it's upfront money. Um, so, yeah, it's very confusing. I, the thing I liked about the Bruce Irvin signing, it gives the Raiders Bruce Irvin and uh, to go along with Khalil Mack. And now I heard that everybody's all over Twitter trying to uh, recruit Eric Weddle. I think at Weddle too, that really is huge for a Raider team whose defense has lacked over the years, and I think they're showing a good commitment to winning now, finally. And, uh, you know, I think everybody deep down inside is rooting uh, for these uh, anti-Al Davis Raiders. I think everybody wants to see the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, now. Yeah. You, know, they, you know, so far they've made three signings. Like, you know, Osamele, Irvin went over there. Sean Smith leaving the Chiefs, going over to the Raiders <laughs> four years, $40 million as well. Uh, it's a lot of money. If they can pick up Eric Weddle, that defense is going to be really different in Oakland, they showed a lot of good touches on offense last season with uh, who's their quarterback? David Carr. Uh, David Carr. Derek Carr. Derek. Yeah, Derek Carr. Yeah, not David Carr. <laughs> anyway, so Derek, Derek. Carr showed a, a lot of good touches last season, and uh, I watched them burn the Jets a bunch during that game. Um, you have to wonder if they go after somebody like Eric Weddle, they go cornerback and bring in somebody like a uh, Prince of Akumara at at 26 years old. He he could be a good to- you know signing as well. Uh, Reggie Nelson. From the Bengals, he's 32, but man, that guy can still play. Uh, he made a Pro Bowl last season, so there's a lot of big names out there still for people looking for mostly defense, I would say. And there's a lot of tackles too. Kevin, you know, Kelvin Beecham, uh, Russell Lacong, you know, a lot of offensive line guys out there as well. Yeah. You know, so it's it's really an offensive line, defensive uh, 
you know, free agency right now. It seems a lot of the offensive guys sign real, real early. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens from here on out. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, some of these signings have been shocking. Like I said, my, my favorite is probably Matt Forte going to the Jets. I think so far that has been the most reasonable deal um, somebody has signed, except for maybe the Giants signing and Jason Pierre-Paul to that one-year $10.5 million deal because they didn't want to lose him, so why not? You know, he still has to, you know, work himself out and really prove himself after blowing off his fingers in a, in a fireworks incident. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in this season. Do you see your Eagles doing anything else? There is this um, rumor flying around, and I'm not opposed, depends on what comes back in return, to trading Sam Bradford to Denver. Uh Heard the Broncos had interest in Sam. Starting to make people wonder what the whole Chase Daniel deal was about because Daniel got promised a lot of money. Uh, my gut, my gut tells me a trade for Bradford could be possible. Daniel in the mix and then a drafting of a quarterback, uh, second, third round, whatever you have, trying to develop somebody. But um, as far as the team as a whole, if they get to 500 this year, I'm satisfied. We're starting something new. The Chip Kelly uh, circus is over. So I'm going to sit back. I'm going to relax. I'm going to be a true Eagle fan and uh, just wait it out, see what we have to offer this year. Yeah. Do you think anybody's going to take Bradford after they sign them to that deal? Like I said, the only uh, they were talking Denver. Um, that really is the only fit because uh, right now, outside of that, Denver's looking at uh, RG3, uh, Colin Kaepernick in a deal, uh, Mike Glennon. So the names out there are not um, – they're all risky. All the names that – couldn't land, land in Denver risky, and that's uh, really shaking my head how they let Osweiler get away because now they got a lot of question marks at quarterback with great receiving talent and a, a decent running game. Now you've got an offense with its biggest hole at its most important position. Well, they're they're supposedly they're in contacts with uh, the agent for Ryan Fitzpatrick, so that could be a really really good signing for Denver right there with the season he had with the New York Jets. I just don't see him leaving the Jets. I see the Jets starting to pony up real soon because, you know, Adam Schefter supposedly reported yesterday that they're uh, they're convinced they can go with Geno Smith, and I just I just don't oh. see it. I don't see yeah. Geno Smith. I mean, I don't know how you could take five steps forward and go 15 steps back. You bring in Fitzpatrick. You let him walk after the season they had, which was a phenomenal season. Nobody saw that coming. And they're only going to be better now because they're getting rid of some dead weight. They're getting some guys back from injuries like Jason Morrow, Zach Sudfield. You bring in a Matt Forte. Who knows who else they're going to bring in now? And now you're going to go back to Geno Smith? It just makes no sense. It really absolutely makes no sense. Unless they know something, we don't. But Ryan Fitzpatrick has to stay a New York Jet. Um, if he doesn't, I see him going to Denver. And then after that, where does Bradford go with, with Philadelphia? I think he sticks with the Eagles for the next season. Yeah, Kavir will stick for the two years. Um, but the Jets, like I said, if you if you go back to Geno Smith, you kind of defeat the purpose of all of it. Eric Decker, Brandon Marshall, Matt Forte. You've got a guy who has shown he is not a leader and not a winner with all these guys that are out there trying to win. It it makes it a mess. Fitzpatrick is the best fit. If you don't get Fitzpatrick, I know they said they don't want Kaepernick. Uh, maybe a roll of dice in RG3, but Fitz. Um, Fitzpatrick's best fit to me is, is with your Jets. Yeah, absolutely. If if he leaves, I don't know what they do. I, I don't want to see Geno Smith. I'd rather roll the dice on an RG3 than stick with Geno Smith. At least you know what you get with RG3. 
Geno Smith, to me, is not an NFL quarterback. I think the Jets gave him his chance, and he proved what he could do on the field, which was pretty much nothing. So hopefully they pony up, sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's pretty much the heart and soul of their team right now. Brandon Marshall even said it himself. So, you know, why would you want to piss off your best receiver, you know? I wouldn't doubt it if Brandon in. Marshall wants to leave, you know? Yeah, you're better off running Bryce Petty out there now and, and – saying the hell with it and just get Petty out there to play before you go Geno Smith, in my opinion. I'm not a football guy. I mean, I'm not a, in the pros. I love football. I know. I think I know a lot about football, but Geno Smith is not the answer. No, not at all. All right, let's jump on a few other things real quick. Um, Alex Lice and the guitarist for Rush uh, confirming that uh, Rush is now retiring from Tormund because, in my opinion, the best drummer ever, Neil, Neil Peart, his arthritis condition is just getting uh, worse and worse and worse, and it's uh, pretty much harboring his drumming. Um, Jeff Rush, one of probably the greatest rock bands ever to live. Um, it sucks to get old. Yeah, no doubt about it. I unfortunately never saw Rush live, and I like to get in, you know, like to say I got to a lot of concerts, never saw Rush, and it hurts because uh, you know, Neil Peart is, for all intent and purposes, the best drummer on earth, and uh, see them packing in sad, very talented band. Underrated. You know, it took him a long time to get any recognition from the Hall of Fame, but just a great trio, and uh, it's going to be really sad to, to lose one of those bands. Absolutely, man. Another band I didn't get to see live, and it would kill me if I don't get to see them live, and it looks like I'm not going to. Never got to see my all-time favorite, Ronnie James Dio, perform. Never got to see Pantera perform, because uh, just when I was thinking about hopefully getting to see them, Dimebag Darrell was uh, unfortunately... Uh, killed by a scumbag um you know so there's a lot of people that i regret not being able to see um because either you know couldn't afford the ticket just didn't have the time had to work whatever and unfortunately we'll never get to see them now so rush is one of them um you know it would be great to even see them uh do something you know in the future uh you know a small thing if that ever happens but uh you know damn you know huge huge blow to the rock world with rush retiring from touring now um all of our best out to Neil Peart and the band. The, um, um, the, the internet has uh, already started with its rumors. I, I read this rumor yesterday of uh, Meg White from uh, formerly no, the White Stripes. Yeah, I don't no, no way. That's you know no, <laughs> no way. No, she's she's not Rush material. She's a good drummer, but she's no way Rush material. It would just no. it would it would it would be weird seeing. Uh, you know, uh, Getty Lee, Alex Lifeson up there, and Meg White behind them. It's like, come on. Yeah, Come that's on. like you're, you're better you know. off Meg from Family Guy. Yeah, you're better off getting Bill Ward <laughs> from Black Sabbath. You know, it's like, yeah, come on, you it, yeah, you know, it's you know what, you got to go with somebody that fits the bill. You know, uh, right. there's a lot of drummers out there. Um, you know, I would love to see do that, but not Meg White. I'm sorry, uh, right. and and it's not because she's a female. It's just because I just don't think she's a fit. You know, there's, there's a lot of female drummers out there that could be a fit, but she's just not one. So. Uh, sticking with uh, news in the music world, 19 years ago today, Notorious B.I.G., Big Papa, was gunned down and murdered, and I cannot believe that it's been 19 years. It, it's it's It just blew my mind reading that today. Um, he, he got cremated not that far from my house where I grew up in Queens. Uh, he was cremated at the Fresh Pond Crematorium in uh, Middle Village. And uh, I, I remember the lines, the lines, the lines of people just waiting there trying to get a glimpse of the, I'm, I'm not sure what it was, the hearse, whatever, going into the crematorium with his body. It, it was it was crazy. It, it was absolutely crazy. Jeff, 19 years, man. 19 years. It's 
man, time flies. Um, was never really a huge rap guy, but I mean, a couple of his songs come on, and I find myself moving my feet to it, and not even realizing. But yeah, 19 years. It's uh, God yeah. seems like yesterday. A lot of that stuff yeah. still seems like yesterday. It's crazy. Me, I'm I'm more of an old school hip hop guy, but there's uh, you know now that I look at, it, especially from music today, from that kind of a standpoint, you know, I would kill to have a, a B.I.G. or a Tupac or some of those guys back again. Um, me, I'd rather go old school. I'm more of a Run DMC, Beastie Boys, sure. Big Daddy Kane type of guy. You know, that's what I grew up on. Uh, sure. But man, you know what? When the game changed. You gotta respect, uh, you know, Notorious B.I.G. and you gotta respect Tupac, uh, two of the uh, best. I mean, just just the way they can spit it, just the lyrics. Uh, you know, you you can say it, man. They you know they were poets. There's no question about it. These guys today, they're they're far from it. It's 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 disgusting what they have today, man. It's disgusting uh, what happened to both B.I.G. and Tupac, and uh, still nobody knows. Well, I'm sure somebody knows, but nobody somebody knows. knows. What a little bit of movie news. The Captain America Civil War trailer debuted today, man. And what did we get to see in the trailer? Spider-Man is finally under the control of Marvel Studios. And I am a pig in beep. Did you get to watch the trailer today? Watch the trailer. Uh, Spider-Man's costume is a big talk. Yeah, it's a little different. Yes. But uh, he looks awesome. He's got the uh, the famous picture everybody's talking about. is the one with the Captain America shield. So is that a, a tell? Or is that, a, you know, I'm real excited to see it. it looks outstanding. It looks great. Yeah, it doesn't tell you what, what team he's on. Of course, it's uh, it's leaning more towards like he's on Iron Man's team. But there's a few Easter eggs inside the trailer where it kind of makes you uh, believe that he could possibly turn on Iron Man's team and join Captain America's team. So it's going to be real interesting. Somebody dies in this movie. From the trailer, it looks like it's Don Cheadle's War Machine. Um, it's going to be real interesting. I, I like what they're doing with it. I can't wait to see it. I'm looking more forward to the Infinity Gauntlet-style movies with the 68 Marvel characters coming to the movies. Um, that's going to be absolutely insane. Definitely looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Kurt Russell is going to be in it. So, of course, you're going to take an amazing movie and make it even better by putting <laughs> the legend Kurt Russell in the movie. Sylvester Stallone's making a cameo in it, too, is the rumor. So uh, we got some amazing, amazing Marvel movies coming out. But today's Captain America Civil War trailer looked Absolutely phenomenal. Cannot wait to see it. Um, Nate Robinson, uh, basketball player, NBA, played for the Knicks, played for the Celtics, played for the Nuggets. He plans on being the first NBA player to play in the NFL at five foot nine. He played it in high school and was a damn good football player. Do you think he can make the change at his age? Really, really hard. Um, of course, every time you talk about a, a uh, crossover, you think of the legend Michael Jordan, probably one of the greatest athletes on on a planet and couldn't touch a lick in baseball, but in football, such a different type of sport and demanding on the body. Hey, you, you wish him well. A lot of people like Nate and his, his slam dunk stuff and uh, not a bad guy to root for. I just don't see it happening. The NFL is so fast and so big and so tough. It, it's really hard. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what little Nate can do. I actually miss him on the Knicks. I actually uh, liked them, got along with him. It was uh, cool having him there. Uh, you know, it's pretty much dropped off by now, but at that age, eh, just don't see. I don't even see an NFL team taking a wave on him, to be honest, but no. we shall see what happens. All right, man, it's top five time. It's the top five rock guitarist here on the stoop. Jeff, start it off, my man. Man, it gets tougher every week, these top fives. I mean, I think I went through about a 1,000 guys 
because I just like the guitar so much. But um, let's go to the top five. I uh, did a John Regis, a little tie of five again. Oh, uh, another tie. Yeah, another tie. ACDC's Angus Young, uh, the the high energy, um, the, the little boy suit. Just he's just got it all, man. Guy's great on stage. Is is sound is amazing. Almost looks like the guitar is bigger than his, but uh, bigger than him. But he handles it so well. Uh, tie for fifth, and a um, little shout-out to our uh, previous guest, uh, Jennifer Gottlieb here, and her man, Joe Satriani. Uh, he's going to be in town. Yeah, he's going to be in town here at the Keswick Theater in uh, Glenside, PA, in a couple of weeks. I'd love to get a ticket to see that. Satriani is a, a magician with the strings. It's uh, awesome to watch him play. Number four is Slash, uh, Guns N' Roses Slash, or solo stuff. Uh, his guitar is such a unique sound. You always know when you're hearing Slash. Um, I love the guy. The gimmick is great. The hair and the hat, and uh, you gotta love Slash. Top three seem pretty uh, typical, but I'll go with them. Uh, number three, the man that invented the tap style, Eddie Van Halen. If you're not an Eddie Van Halen fan or a Van Halen fan, you just don't like the sound of a guitar. That's in my opinion. Hmm. Number two, uh, <laughs> number two from my favorite all-time band, if not my favorite all-time band, and, and just a guy I love, Jimmy Page. Always made it look easy. Made it look fun. Uh, the strange faces he made, always sweaty, but, you know, he's putting his heart and soul in it, and the guy just played an incredible guitar, whether it's a single guitar or a double barrel, uh, always great. And, of course, number one, I don't care what anybody says, it's, it's Jimi Hendrix, hands down. Uh, everything you've seen and heard from Hendrix has always blown me away. There's nothing that I hear from Jimmy that makes me say, well, that was ordinary. Just everything he does is incredible. That's my top five. Perfect. Love it, man. Love it. Um I tweeted out, put it on Facebook today, that my list is probably going to piss a little uh, few people off. Um, <laughs> looking forward to it. Um, number five, Carlos Santana. That's this guy has done things with the guitar that it, it just blows my mind, and it's still absolutely amazing today. I love Carlos Santana. I think he's one of the greatest guitarists ever. He makes my top five at number five. Number four, yes, he's a dick, and I'm a Hagar guy. Eddie Van Halen makes it because, <laughs> like you said, if you don't like the sound of Van Halen and you don't like the sound of Eddie playing his guitar, you just don't like music at all. Eddie Van Halen at number four. Number three, the late, great Stevie Ray Vaughan. To me, one of the nice. best guitarists ever. He makes my number three right here. Number two, the man. Whether it's solo, whether it's with his own band, whether it's with Cream, I go with Eric Clapton at my number two. And guess what? I got a tie at my number one spot. It's not a tie at number five. It's a tie at the number one spot. Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page is tied at my number one spot with guess who? Can you take a guess? Come on, Jeff. Take a guess. You know what? I know you won't know it. No, knowing you, it's going to be Dimebag Daryl. No, it's not. No, Oh. It's not. Love Dimebag Daryl. He was a phenomenal guitarist. He's not in my top five. Number one tie with Jimmy Page, Ingve Malmsteen makes it. Wow, Yngwie Malmsteen oh my God. is Come on. absolutely <laughs> one of the most brilliant, iconic guitar players. He is so underrated to so many people. He doesn't get enough love. Ingve Malmsteen makes my number one tied with Jimmy Page for my top five rock guitarist list. That hurts. That really hurts. <laughs> Why is that hurt? You're right, I wouldn't guess that. That hurt. <laughs> ah, the the arrogance right. of that guy. I think I'd rather watch Buckethead. <laughs> oh, what are you kidding me, man? Get out of here, man. <laughs> With your Homer Jimi Hendrix at number one. Come on. Got it. All right, so, Come on. 
let's uh, let's go over the uh, top five list real quick, and then we're going to be joined by our guest, Andrew Demos. Uh, for Jeff's top five, he has a uh, tie in his uh, in his fifth spot with Joe Satriani and Angus Young of ACDC. Number four, Slash. Number three, Eddie Van Halen. Number two, Jimmy Page. Number one, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, for my top five, I guess you can call it six. Number five, Carlos Santana. Number four, Eddie Van Halen. Number three, the late great Stevie Ray Vaughan. Number two, Eric Clapton, and my tie spot, Ingve Malmsteen and Jimmy Page. If you want to talk to us about our top guitar players and our top five list, you can check us out over on Facebook, facebook.com slash stoopradio, or you can hit us up on Twitter at the Radio one So guess what, man? It's time to kick some ass and talk some guitar playing with our guest, Xander Demos. What's going on, Xander? Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, how are you? We're doing real good, man. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. It's Uh, it's an honor to have you. I hope you guys can hear me okay. I'm actually at the Home and Garden Show in Pittsburgh. I bought a a giant house, and I'm like, you know, like finally in my life I got like a a house where I can actually buy like this kind of cool stuff down here and probably (laughs) put it in there. (laughs) That's awesome. No, we can hear you fine, man. Um, Okay. We'll just jump right into it. Uh, We're going to play a couple of your songs uh, in a little bit. Uh, but first, let's just jump right into it. Uh, your latest album is now at its title, Guitarcadia. There are some amazing mm-hmm. songs on it where you just sh- just shred the hell out of your guitar. You're 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 an absolutely phenomenal guitar player. Um, but oh, there's two you. covers on here: Krista Berg's "Lady mm-hmm. in Red" and Don Henley's "Boys of Summer." Uh, what made you choose these just two amazing songs for Guitarcadia? Okay, well that's that's an easy question. Number one, uh, the reason I did "Lady in Red" was because after all of the you know the rock craziness that's on the record i wanted to have something that brings it down a little bit but the reason i chose the song was because not only did i love the song you know in the 80s as a kid um i also was a big fan of um uh you know just taking like you know a ballad and especially like a soft ballad and kind of redoing the uh the vocals of course for the guitar now it's not that i didn't do anything that was super inventive it's not like mm-hmm. the first time it's been done but i wanted i just wanted to you know, it's a melodic song, and melodies are a really, really big thing for me. And I've always loved that fretless bass, you know, that was in that song that was very defined and stuff. So it was more you know, just like, like a mixture of, you know, I guess the chemistry of the, uh, the uh, instruments that have always made me love that tune. Uh, the reason I chose, chose Boys of Summer is because I was in a cover band for a lot of years uh, called mm-hmm. Into the Arena. And uh, we did really well around here, uh, you know, places on Ohio, some shows in West Virginia and stuff like that. We did, we did overall, like, you know, really well. But we did. Uh, we 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 took a mashup of the original um, "Boys of Summer" song, and and uh, we did like sort of like bastardized it towards uh, the version that the Ataris did a few years back, like around ten years ago. Okay. Um, and, and so, but the reason that we did it the way we did it was because me and the drummer from the band who's actually on that um, on that recording, uh, he we really liked that uh, Analog Kid cover that the Working Man tribute did in 1994. Mm-hmm. Um, when I heard when I heard that album, um, that that when I bought that, I think it was actually '95. I bought that album. I actually started playing guitar again because I not I didn't quit, but I didn't like playing a band for about two and a half years because I hated grunge, I hated where that scene went, and everything like it kind of represented at the time. So I I was like actually playing bass um, for a while, and I you know just kind of messing around with other instruments because I was bored. I mean I'm gonna be the first to admit it. But then, like, I was, you know, in a record store back then, I, I walk in, I see, a, you know, this album cover that says Working Man, Tribute to Rush. I look at the back, and, of course, it's all bands I like. You know, Screen Drake and Fitz Warning are on there, and, of course, the guys in Dream Theater and, you know, all these other bands. 
So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give this album a shot. I listened to it, and when we got to when I got to Analog Kid, um, I never heard of this band. They were called Symphony X, and um, okay, there was a couple a couple members, you know, from you know on that on that track as well as Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater, Billy Absolutely. Sheehan on bass, Jack Russell from Great White was the singer on it. And at that yes. point, I was floored. I, I I literally went home and I started playing again, and I never looked back. And um, when, I, when my band opened for Symphony X, I, told, I talked to Michael Romeo about it, uh, the guitar player, and I said, you know, this was a life changer. And he was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's like not a lot of people know that song. But the reason Boys of Summer is on my album is because we did it in the same fashion that they did Analog Kid, like with the solo mm-hmm. breaks and all that kind of stuff. So that's why they're on there. No, that's great. I was I was so happy when I opened it up and, uh, you know, I was listening to it. It, it, it just floored me to hear Lady in Red on there, and I was like, wow, this because, you know, it's, it's it's a great song. I mean, Krista Berg did a phenomenal job with it, but to hear you yeah. just shredding during it, that just really, man, I, I've I've listened to it six times today. I have it on my MP3 player. I've listened to it on my PC. It, it's just, a, it's oh, like, you. like you said, you know, you got this incredibly hard stuff, incredibly fast stuff, and then to come down to such a good song, I mean, it really just, it's perfect. And then when I heard Boys of Summer, I was like, ah, oh, you know, this is, you know, these are just two phenomenal songs. I, I love when you listen to an album and there's a cover, but this but this had two covers, so this made it absolutely amazing. Um, Wait till you hear really, the new album. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. Oh, man, the new album, is it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to blow its Arcadia away. Can't wait. That yeah. sounds great already. Um, on, on here, original-wise, I would have to say Woodshed Sonata is probably uh, my favorite song. Uh, it, it's It's fast. It's hard. How tough was it to get your sound right for this song? Uh, I got to be perfectly honest with you. That song, um, it was very hard to get that because that song, as you hear it on Guitarcadia, was mm-hmm. actually mixed kind of in reverse. Now, this was this was through no fault of anybody who was involved really? with it. Um, basically, what happened was I, I was messing around with levels on my guitars, and CJ Snare from Firehouse is the guy that mixed and mastered it. Oh, wow. So, so he actually what you hear is almost like it's 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 correct. But when you when we played the song live with my band, the mm-hmm. song sounded completely different because there was more prominence in other parts of the uh, other instruments. And mm-hmm. so the way the song is mixed on the record, it actually it sounds one way. But when you, when you see it live, it's it's complete. It's a totally a different song. So what what I'm doing at the end of this year is I'm actually rele- releasing a remix of that tune the way the way I do it live, and it's um it's going to be kind of cool because I'm not changing anything rhythmically on it. Um, everything's the same. It's basically, what's different is the is the uh, prominence of the of the of one of the harmony guitars. And I'm telling you, it makes a world of difference. So, I, and I, the funny thing is, I get a lot of compliments on that tune. But I never, um, I was, I always played it more live with tracks as opposed to using like a full band because there's like a lot of different guitar parts on there. You know. Wow. Yeah. No, it's 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 phenomenal. Did you uh, did you ever think when you put this together that that would be probably like the song that you get most of the comments on? No, no, absolutely not. Because a lot of times the the, the people that um, you know, like Right Angles, was being actually played on a few local radio stations, and um, and that's sort of like my quote unquote my single. You know, that was like the first video I ever did. Which I mean, when I say video, I mean it was just me in my in my studio recording myself like a jackass. But I mean, you know, like there, um, I've actually worked with a, another musician to possibly add like a, a violin part to that for like a real video, and we were going to remix the tune, and. The remix EP that I'm releasing at the end of the year is actually going to have right angles, but with vocals on it. So it's going to be kind of a cool thing. And mm-hmm. um, so between that and Woodshed Sonata, and I think one of the other ones that a lot of people like, uh, especially live, is because I have a different um, intro on it, is Guitarcadia. 
And um, so, I mean, that song, like a lot of people liked how crazy it gets right out of the gate, but then it kind of like lays back into this really, you know, like kind of simple and cool melody. And um, uh, so that, that one's kind of, that, that one's been like a favorite of people too, which I mean, with the people that like that I haven't met before and you know, like I see them in Nam or something like that, I'm like, Oh, Hey dude, I bought your album. And, uh, I like this song, this song, and this song like a lot. And it's like, wow, it's usually like the same three. Yeah, so which is not, it does happen to be one of them. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that's absolutely a great song. Um, in a little bit, we're going to play your cover of Boys of Summer, and then we're going to play some Witch Side Sonata right after the interview. Um, but before we do that, one of your songs, uh, Dancing Through Daggers, was on the Guitar Wizards compilation, uh, You, you know, along with members of Poison, Guns N' Roses, Dio, Kiss, you name it, they are on it. What was it like to have one of your songs among some of the best in the business? Uh, it was it was pretty mind blowing because actually when I when I when I first got like the actual hard copy and I'm like looking at all these other musicians I'm like holy crap I mean look look at me like this nobody from Pittsburgh I mean <laughs> <laughs> you know it was um, it was pretty cool uh, definitely a great feeling because a lot of the guys that are on that record are guys that I listened to growing up um, you know and I was listening to like when I called in I was listening to your uh, your both of your top fives that was a pretty pretty interesting mix there that you guys had. Now, do you have your top five ready? Um, I, I do, uh, but but now, so honestly, let, let me just let me just segue by saying that I'm a software architect by trade. Okay? okay, so my day job is building software. So I'm a very analytical person, and unfortunately, okay. that comes through in, in the studio sometimes. So I would have to answer my I would ask you a question before I gave you my top five. Do you okay. want me to give you a top five of what I like, or what I think the what I think the the audience would like, or what I think that that, that people that sh- like should like. No, I, it's, it's we, like, we want your top five. We, we we don't care what people think because they have their own <laughs> okay. opinion. We we want to know who you like because listen, I got Ingve Malmsteen at my top spot. Jeff had Jimi Hendrix and Jimmy Page, so I mean, it right. couldn't be completely. And, and those different. are like, those are those are the safe guys to go with because then you know that everybody yeah. Rolling Stone magazine will basically applaud you. <laughs> That's hopefully, the goal, absolutely. Hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> Um, okay, my top five. Um, I'm gonna base it, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with my top five. How that how they've affected my playing through the years. Perfect. Okay. okay. All right. Starting at number one, or I'm yeah. sorry, starting at number five. Okay. I am going to say that Neil Neil Sean is number five for me. Okay. Um, fantastic guitar player from Journey. Uh, mm-hmm. He is one of the master melody writers. End of story. Yeah. Um, number four uh, for me is going to be um, Tony McAlpine from the Shrapnel Records years. Um, incredible guitar player. Uh, of all those guys that came out, Marty Freeman, Jason Becker, Paul Gilbert, um, all the guys of the late 80s, like quote-unquote shred scene, he was the one I think that had the most dynamic, the most amount of dynamics in his, um, in his playing. So i got to go with him. Um, number three, I am going to go with um, Eddie Van Halen. Okay. Okay. Um, without a doubt, I mean, for the first time I heard Eruption, I was my jaw was on the floor. And even to this day, I mean, you know, I can play that song, right? But it's never going to sound like Eddie Van Halen playing it. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, I know, never. I know all the notes. I mean, I, I learned it in 1981. You know what I mean? <laughs> or 82, whatever. And it's just like, but but I'm never going to sound like Eddie doing it. Mm. Um, number uh, two is Steve Vai, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think Vi can do he can do anything like I mean he could take Jimi Hendrix and play like Jimi Hendrix and sound like Jimi Hendrix, which I think is amazing. Um, yet he can also tear your head off with neoclassical stuff. Or he's also a guy that if Journey called him up and said, "Dude, Neil Sean's sick. Can you play you know 
can you come out and play? He would he would be able to go right in there and sound like Neil Sean if he wanted to with like his own little, you know, some little touch. Um, so that's that's why I think he's like a huge influence on me. Uh, number one, the guy that you you probably don't know that well um, is a guy named Sean Lane. Um, fusion rock guitar player from the uh, from a long time ago. He was um, passed away in 2004, 2005. Uh, absolutely one of the best players I've ever heard in my life. Um, you know, like supersonic speeds, but his phrasing. I mean, Paul Gilbert used to rave about how he phrased uh, his songs, and he, I think he is, his melodies. He like I'm a big fan of film scores, and his songs sound like his songs used to sound like film scores, and um, and that's why he's always he's always been my number one player. Yeah, I've definitely heard of him before. I think I know who he is. So that's uh, that, that that's an interesting list. I mean, that's that's a very influential list, which is really really cool. I mean, you can have went completely opposite of Jeff and me, but that's what we like. You know, that's right. You know, yeah, it's really exactly. who. Yeah, exactly. It's really who influences you and who you love because you know what? Without those guys, uh, we wouldn't have a Xander Demos playing guitar today, probably. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Xander, we're going to play one of your tracks right now, so stick with us, and then when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more. You got Sound good? Yep, sounds good. All right, great. All right, so we're going to play the uh, cover of uh, Boys of Summer from Xander Demos right here on The Stoop, and we'll be right back.
And there you go. That was the Boys of Summer cover by our guest right now, Xander Dima. Xander, it's great, man. It really is. Thank you. Thank you, guys, very much. I appreciate that. Really is, man. Six minutes, man. It's man. You got you got to go another like four or five minutes. We can get a Dream Theater song out of this. <laughs> oh man, you, you know what? You got Underdark and Sky is actually eight minutes on the record, and I know we released the radio edits about like four minutes and two seconds, and it's like, oh, you're cutting out the best parts of the song, you know? <laughs> That's the problem when um, you cut down, you know? Yeah. Yep. I know. Awesome. I have a, on the new record, uh, Gods of Jupiter. There is one song called Dreamgate on there that will be a Kind of like a sequel to Under Dark and Sky in a way. Um, it's uh, nine minutes long though. It's it's got some length to it. Um, wow. But it's actually good. It's, there's a lot of vocals in it. You know, there's uh, I've cut down on the wankery. You know, um, so there's like a lot of uh, a lot of harmonies and stuff like that. Really cool stuff. Is there a release date for Gods of Jupiter? Yeah, Gods of Jupiter was originally supposed to come out on unfortunately February 29th. I was going to do it like you know four, uh, four years to the day of Guitar Cadia coming out. Um, okay. But. Uh, I, I was delayed because last year I couldn't pass off a good opportunity in uh, in Texas to work with an old team that I used to work with, and um, I kind of delayed some of my uh, some of the music stuff. So, uh, you know, new house, new studio set up, you know, back in business. So I got about, I'd say about, you know, uh, two-thirds of the songs done. Um, they just have to be mixed down. And I'm going to start, like, firing them off to uh, uh, CJ, who basically has agreed to uh, mix and master the album again. And um, we're going to kind of go in a different direction with the, uh, you know, with the way it sounds. Okay, so sometime in 2016 we can expect it. That's going to be out in 2016 by by hook or by crook. It's going to be out. <laughs> awesome. You're going awesome to say stuff. hell or high water. You could say that. <laughs> oh, no, I, yeah, I was going to say hell or high water, but I don't know why. I don't know why I switched over to by hook or by crook. I don't know. So by both. <laughs> well, you didn't, yeah, I was going to say you never hear that too much anymore. So I'm glad you did switch over because I haven't heard that in a long time. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> my, my dad used to say it. He used to crack me up when he'd say it because. I never heard. I never knew where the where the origin of it was. I'm like, yeah, what, is, what does that mean? Yeah. You know? Yeah, you probably ask people. Ah, we don't know. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So, you know, I have to say this. You know, just listening to you play, Jeff. Um, have you ever tried to pick up a guitar and learn how to play it? I have tried. Um, I, I got small, lazy fingers. I can't possibly move that fast. I tried Guitar Hero, and I'm a mess. So I can only imagine playing the way that you do. You're you're stuff is incredible it just sounds amazing oh thanks yeah. man but just for the record i can't play guitar here worth a damn so <laughs> is, is, isn't that amazing is that ama- i, I oh, would yeah. switch with you because i can play guitar hero good i i picked up guitars i've oh i've picked up basses i've i've owned both i just my yep. fingers are long they're they don't move the way they want to the way i want them to move um i just can never learn how to play but i've been so fascinated with the instrument itself what uh, what are some of the guitars that you use um, I have my own uh, signature model through uh, David Thomas McNaught Guitars, based out of North Carolina. Okay. So I play uh, an XD627, which is a six-string 27 fret, and I play uh, an XD727, which is a um, seven-string 27 fret. I also have a uh, pair of guitars from uh, the company called Conklin, which makes some amazing instruments. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so I have a 26-fret eight-string. I have a uh, 20 or 36-fret. Um, uh, seven string from those guys, and some of the other guitars I use are like uh, Sirs, and I also have a Brian Moore Artist model that they made uh, for me, which I'm part of the Artist Ambassador Program. Um, so it's kind of like a sort of like a signature model, but it's more like um, where where the where my the XD models come from, uh, McNaught guitars, which are actually like my shape, like uh, kind of something I came up with with him and uh, with, between me and Dave. 
Um, the mm-hmm. Brian Moore is a uh, is based on their existing um, what they call C90. So it's uh, so those are the guitars I play. I also have a Steinberger GS. That's the one with the headstock. The only one I ever made mm-hmm. with a headstock. And yeah. um, other than that, I mean, that's I mean, I've, I'm you know I kind of stick within a few brands. Um, I don't really you know uh, stray that far away. Like I've been playing Service for, since 2008. I've been playing McNoss since 2002. Um, so I mean, I'm yeah, I'm pretty brand loyal when it comes to certain instruments. So, like I don't. I don't own Fenders. I don't own Gibsons or anything like that. I mean, those are all nice guitars, but I, I need to customize them too much for me to play them. I mean, Les Pauls are great guitars. They sound unbelievable, mm-hmm. but their frets are tiny. Like, I, I can't. I have to have huge frets, you know what I mean? Yeah. How does it feel to have your own model? That must be just awesome. That, that you know what? I didn't. It didn't occur to me until, like, I got the guitar in the mail from him back in, like, August of 2012. I yeah. opened it up. I was like, wow, this, this thing's amazing. I played it. I, it played so well that I played it at a gig the next night. And I was totally comfortable on it, just, you know, a, a testament to his craftsmanship. But then about a week later, it hit me when I saw it on his website. And then people were like, holy crap, this is cool. I'm ordering one right now, you know, like on the Swarm and stuff. And I was, all of a sudden, it hit me. I'm like, wait a second, man, I got a, I got a signature guitar. I just like, that's that's really cool. And it was a good feeling. And, I mean, I'm it, it very humbling, though, too, that a guy like Dave, um, you know, had even said, he's like, you know, I got three favorite guitar players in the, in my life. Uh, and you're one of them. And I thought that was like so cool. He, he, Randy Rhodes was the other, and Paul Gilbert was the other one. And I just, I was very, it felt very blessed to be in good company like that. But it, it just was a really good feeling, and it really, it, it was, a, it was a proud moment. Um, and the cool thing is, is that people that on Facebook and stuff like that, they've messaged me and say, "Hey, dude, I just bought one of your guitars from McNaught. You know, I mean, I, I love them." And uh, it was, a, it's a great feeling, you know. Yeah. That is so cool. That is so cool. Um, in, in, in 2015, you were awarded the Pop Rock Song of the Year as well as the Pop Rock Male Artist uh, at the CMG Global Radio Awards, which is really cool honor. How did it feel to be recognized for all of your hard work in the music? Uh, again, humbling and very, and, and very grateful. And I wish I would have gone to that ceremony. I would have dressed up in a tux and like, freaked everybody out. <laughs> you know. That would for be real. awesome. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? You got to have I was, fun I was actually it, right? in Dallas. I was in Dallas when that was going on. I couldn't make it over there. Ah, oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. Yeah. That would have been something. Um, yes, well, but Dander, it was a great it, feeling. It's, it's, yeah, absolutely. I mean, win any kind of award, especially something like that, is, is really cool. Yes. Um, it, yep. It's been great, great having you on. We we definitely want to have you back on in the future, especially uh, around the time Gods of Jupiter comes out. Uh, Guitar Katie is absolutely phenomenal. To our listeners right now, you can go to xanderdemos.com. Hit the link for the online store. Uh, it's ten dollars there, and you can also get a free download of it as well. Um, also, just you know, go to his website and listen to some of his songs, and uh, check up on his news and hopefully some future shows. Uh, Xander, thank you so much for coming on, and hopefully right. we'll get you on real soon. All right, thank you guys. You guys have a great night. It's been a pleasure talking to you. You Likewise, too, man. Thanks. Thank you. All right, good night. And that was metal guitarist Xander Demos, a uh, really cool guy. It's great having him on. We're definitely going to have him back on in the future, uh, especially uh, once his newest album, Gods of Jupiter, is released, uh, hopefully real soon, because if there's covers on it, I want it. I want it. Yeah, it's Boys, a great job. Yeah, yeah, Boys of Summer and Lady of Lady in Red, uh, Krista Berg's song uh, he covered uh, on guitar, Katie, is absolutely phenomenal. Once again, go to Xander Demos. Dot com. That's X-A-N-D-E-R-D-E-M-O-S dot com and buy Guitar Acadia. Support your local guitarist. 
Um, really cool stuff. Real quick, before we end the show, we're going to play another track by Xander Demos, and this one is probably my favorite on guitar, Katie, besides the two covers. It's called Woodshed Sonata, and you'll see why, because I just love fast, heavy, heavy stuff. Right now, this is Woodshed Sonata. Grab some wood there, bub.
me for the changes and try and keep up, okay? Sonata, man, that's that's my favorite track on the uh, Guitar Cadia CD. It's just it's it's phenomenal. I mean, it's it's so different. It's a different vibe. Jeff, what did you think of it? I think it's great. That that is high energy and uh, it's great playing. It's like I said, it's different. I like it a lot. It's really really good stuff, man. We want to thank Xander Demos again for joining us tonight and uh, for giving us the privilege of not only having him on here but playing some of his tracks on the Stoop radio program. Um, another great show in the books here, Jeff. Uh, we got some good ones coming up. Uh, March 14th, we're, we're, we're supposed to have Lorraine Lewis from Femme Fatale uh, joining us. A um, little bit of schedule conflict, so that's 50-50 right now. It's a little bit up in the air. We can't wait to have her on, so if we can't work that out for Monday, it'll definitely be in the future. But we'll still be here Monday night, guest or not, um, to talk uh, some good good stuff. March 17th, wrestling star he's buff he's all the stuff buff bagwell stops by the stoop to talk about his wcw days his stint in wwe what he's going on what's going on with him now he was just doing some ddp yoga with scott hall just saw it on facebook we're going to talk about that and a little bit more with buff bagwell march 17th thursday night at 7 30 p.m eastern time right here in the stoop so for the shark jeff perini who's actually going down south to florida this weekend you lucky oh, duck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very angry with you, but I still it's, love you. It's even for the uh, Inveil Mountain thing. Yes, exactly. So for the Shark Jeff Perini, I'm Jonathan Ragus. Thank you all so much. And remember, check out XanderDemos.com. Have a good night, everybody. Good night.